Welcome to Make Good, the podcast about yarn and knitting from Scratch Supply Co. We're recording today in downtown Lebanon, New Hampshire, and we're really excited to be here. I'm Karen. And I'm Jessica. It's time for the second annual Make Good Stash Down. Make Good Stash Down. (laughs) It's kind of exciting. I wait for this all year long. Yeah. And it's only the second time we've done it. (laughs) Yeah, last year we knit the Pinguono. It was our first ever knit along. We were so excited and so proud of all of you. It was amazing. And this year, what are we going to knit? Whatever you want. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) So the idea behind the Stash Down Knit Along is that it helps you come into the new year with a fresh slate. If you have stash yarn, which kind of who doesn't, it's a chance for you to knit through some of that. Yeah. We've definitely talked on the podcast before about ways to deal with stash, many different options, but this is maybe one of the nicest ways to deal with your stash because you really have the opportunity to look through it and reacquaint yourself with some things that maybe you loved at some point and you forgot you even had and come to it with like fresh eyes and think, what could I do here? And you know what you could do here? Literally anything, because (laughs) there are kind of no rules. We say there's no rules. Karen's here with a rule immediately. Right. The only rule is that you have to use something from your stash. It doesn't all have to be from your stash, just something. Here's a sneaky tip. If it's left the yarn shop, it's now in your stash. So (laughs) I don't live with you. I don't know what you have squirreled away in your closets or under your bed or in your project bags. So that yarn could come from anywhere. I feel like if it's touched a surface one time, it's fair game. Like any surface? As yarn or as sheep? (laughs) As yarn. And I'm going to say that the inside of a bag qualifies as a surface. Yes, for sure. Yeah. hundred. Okay. I mean, the ball band on it, the tag that's on it. Sure. (laughs) That yarn is full of potential and that potential is living in your stash for some unspecified amount of time. Other than like reading, are there other hobbies where you like acquire the thing and then have low-key stress about what to do with the thing? I don't know. I don't ever have stress about what to do with my yarn. I mean, like, do you think that there are people who like build model trains or something that go to a hobby shop and then they come home and they're like, wow, I got all this cool stuff and now I have no plan for what to do with it? Yeah, absolutely. That's the nature of hobbies. Have you seen how many cookbooks I own? (laughs) And that was after the great cookbook purge of 2016. That's extremely fake. I maybe got rid of half of that. (laughs) And I still have a lot. That's just the nature of hobbying and collecting and having activities that you love that are not your day job. So let's talk a little bit more about the stash that you probably have and less about the whole world being your potential stash, (laughs) although I stand by that. Any of it could be yours if you're fast enough. So in your stash, you might have scraps or leftovers or mystery yarn and mini skeins. And we talked about that quite a bit in episode 54 at the beginning of December, which was about leftovers and minis. So if you want lots of ideas relating to that, go check that out. But a lot of those were not knit-along specific patterns. Sure. They were like adjacent crafts. You might also have single whole skeins of yarn in your stash. I tend to be that kind of person. Yeah. A lot of the time when people talk about like stash busting, what comes to mind is like scraps of yarn, that kind of thing. Maybe it's just one entire beautiful skein that you've just never really had the right project for. 
Historically, I used to be a sock yarn acquirer, collector. I would see beautiful skeins and just snap them up and not really have a plan and like zero intention of making socks out of them. And I would just think, I'll find something to do with this. Sock yarn is often that because it has enough yardage to make an entire thing from a single skein. I think the one thing that often gets overlooked in these conversations about stash busting, though, is not misfit yarn. Not your leftovers, not your lone wolf skein that you just had to have because you love those speckles, but entire project quantities of yarn. Oh yeah, where there's nothing wrong with the yarn, but the project itself got rejected. Yeah. So that yarn is out there. It's in a Rubbermaid. It's in your closet. There are hundreds, perhaps thousands of yards of yarn in all one colorway in the same dye lot because you carefully picked it with the intention of making a specific thing at some point, And then you said, why? Right. I don't want to knit that, but you had all this yarn. <laughs> I want to wear that, but I don't want to make it. It's like a big mood. Mm-hmm. And that's like a gift to yourself because it is enough yardage to do something significant with without having to make any additional purchases or really decisions, which is the best. Yeah, that's a DIY sweater. You just have to pick the pattern. (laughs) I think a lot of times people think of stash busting as like scrappy looking projects and marling or lots of color work, but it doesn't have to be if that's not what your stash looks like. And all types of stash busting are welcome in this knit along. Yes. So we have put together a short list of some inspirational project ideas. You don't have to knit any of these things. We may not knit any of these (laughs) things. Who has a plan in January? Not me. (laughs) We just kept telling you that we were going to do a knit along. So here we are about to knit together. Can I just say before we jump into our suggested projects that if you are somebody who has like an entire sweaters quantity, ignore all of these suggestions, go to Ravelry if Ravelry works for you, enter in the weight and the yardage, and if you don't know those, we just talked about how to figure it out in the previous two episodes. 55 and 56. There we go. And then if you tell the database what you have to work with, it will present you with projects that will work with what your materials are. Better living through technology? Right. Robot brains. Love that. So for inspiration, just a few things we thought would be fun with kind of what we personally have in our stash. What do we have? Anything. We have everything. If you have lots of different colors and textures and weights of yarn in your stash, you might want to look to Stephen West because his patterns use tremendous amounts of yardage and they're kind of no rules. He gives you instructions, but you can put together different fiber content and different textures of yarn and really just kind of make things work. The slip stravaganza shawl is huge and beautiful, and I've seen it done in so many different palettes. There is an aesthetic for that project for almost everyone. You might also like the melting marl scarf if you're not a shawl person. It's a giant rectangle. You could make it a smaller rectangle. And it's just like carrying strands of yarn together to blend colors and textures, use up those bits of mohair, throw in some fuzz wherever. (laughs) It's all good and it'll be super cozy. So those are both Stephen West patterns. Another design team that we really like is Wool and Pine. Those are the designers who did the sorrel sweater that we did the knit along for last spring. They have two intentionally kind of scrappy, but you could totally use full skeins, very stash buster friendly versions of a top called the Sea Glass. 
One is the sea glass sweater. That is knit with DK weight yarn. And you know how we feel about that. DK weight could be worsted. DK weight could be sport with the right can-do spirit. And that's a long sleeve sweater. And then there's the sea glass tee that is fingering weight. And again, no one's going to stop you from using sport weight. And that is short sleeves. It's called sea glass, but it's kind of confetti-esque. Sure. They're little like one stitch color changes. So like if blue is your main color for the sweater, every other stitch is your other color. So you have a smattering of dots of color all over the place. <laughs> and it could be two colors throughout. It could be every scrap of yarn that you have for like wild color changes. It's really up to you. Sure. Another suggestion in the spirit of putting together weights of yarn to make a heavier weight yarn and a denser, heavier, bigger fabric, is the staple by Park Williams. And it's not staple like the thing you use to put two pieces of paper together. It is stay, like what you would tell a dog, and pull, like what you would do on a door. Yes, <laughs> it sure is. It's a super cute pullover. It's one of those things that I could imagine reaching for constantly to like throw on on my way out of the house. And you're holding strands of yarn together to make a bulky weight, I think. So you could really get wild with that or you could have a very cohesive solid palette. It depends on what kind of stash person you are. But it's a stash down. Just get rid of it all. Combine everything. <laughs> Skaneanigans, that's her Ravelry name has a scrappy blanket pattern called the Northeasterly, where you're making little chevron shapes. You knit them together as you go, so you don't have to do a ton of seaming. And I believe this pattern is written for fingering weight, but no one is going to stop you. Someone stop me. If you have mostly worsted weight, like it's a blanket, do it all in worsted weight. You might want to change the needle size. If you want an accessory... The Recollect Cowl by Jennifer Steingass is knit with five, seven, nine, some number of colors, <laughs> a whole bunch of colors. And it's got that like chevron vibe going on again. It's like the cute little squiggle stripe on Charlie Brown's t-shirt. It's like that. And it's a cowl that's knit as a tube. So there's no like right or wrong side to your fabric. And you could knit it with any combination of colors. It's a sport weight pattern which means it's also a fingering weight pattern, and it's surely a DK weight pattern, too. <laughs> because the beauty of cowls is that you just have to make them big enough that they fit over your head. Right. Bigger than your head, smaller than your shoulders. You're good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Could even be bigger than your shoulders. If it's big, then you can, like, double it up. Yeah, that's true. Have a whole bunch of stuff around your neck. Oh. <laughs> The whatever sweater from Julie Knits in Paris really is whatever goes. I love this so much. This sweater is a pullover. It's another one of those patterns that is truly in the spirit of stash busting. You're just holding whatever you've got together. If you read the pattern notes <laughs> in the section where it says gauge, it also says LOL. <laughs> Whatever, it really doesn't matter. This is not form-fitting. Just start knitting and trust the pattern. And it's like slouchy and oversized, like very sweatshirt kind of wear. She does give you her pre-blocking gauge for people who feel like they need their nerves calmed with some numbers and says, but that's not what it was when it was blocked. And <laughs> also, it doesn't matter. Just knit the sweater. So I think that maybe you need to feel a little adventurous to dive into that one. 
Another one that you wouldn't necessarily think of as a stash buster because people plan this for years is The Fox Paws by Zandy Peters. Yes. I think this is probably his most well-known design, and it's just like very intricate, multiple colors in a row. It's kind of geometric, but also kind of like almost botanical. It's a really cool pattern, and it's kind of complicated. Wild plant lady. I love that this (laughs) pattern is called fox paws. It's very fauna, and Karen is like, it's very botanical. (laughs) It's either geometry or it's plants. (laughs) It's little fox feet. (laughs) I have to admit something. I have always loved this pattern from afar, and I've seen them in person and been thoroughly gobsmacked by the knitters who make these. And I feel like there is lore around the fox paws. It's a rite of passage. It's one that I've not experienced. (laughs) It's an advanced rite of passage. Yeah. But I was reading Zandi's notes about it, and it's all just done with increases and decreases, and it's not like stranded color work or anything, which I was completely unaware of. Another pattern that we thought of is by a designer named In Young Kim, and it's called the Lucky Pieces. It's a top, and it was in last summer's, so the 2021 summer issue of Pom Pom. This is a cardigan that was in the issue that was inspired by quilts. So it very much has like a piecework aesthetic. It's beautiful. And it's knit entrelac. Oh. Which I've never done. Me neither. Maybe I'm not remembering this correctly, but I feel like when I was learning how to knit, there were lots of entrelac patterns. And I had lots of copies of interweave, so maybe it was specifically an interweave kind of aesthetic. But it's really beautiful, and I love the directional qualities that entrelac projects have. Yeah, it almost looks like a colorful houndstooth with actual like texture, three-dimensional texture to it. It's a really nice cardigan. Another thing you could do for this knit-along, in case our winter knit-along wasn't enough, <laughs> is just wildly knit some more socks. That's right. That'll eat up some fingering weight yarn. I feel like you might do that. A not insignificant number of you because you were excitedly knitting socks all through the month of November and December. I had big, grand intentions of knitting several more pairs than I ended up knitting, and that may be what I end up doing. A second chance at more socks. And it's how you started the year last year, too. That's right. You knit lots of socks at the beginning of 2021. That's right. Maybe it's sock season. So if you want a (laughs) multicolor sock pattern, you could check out the Little Checks Socks by Summer Lee. Summer Lee writes tons of sock patterns, and this would use up more than one color in each pair. It would be good for either if you don't have complete skeins of one or the other color, or you could modify it to make them very tall socks if you have complete skeins. Mm-hmm. Another fun sweater that's intended to be a stash buster is the Scrapper Cardi by Sophia Talley, who you might know online as The Drunk Knitter. She also has a true crime and knitting podcast now, too. Fun? True crime and knitting, yes. Right, true. Like, heavy overlap. What else do you listen to while you're knitting? Anyways, this is a super cute cardigan that's got space for lots of color transitions. There's kind of, like, color blocking between the chest and the body. And the sleeves are kind of dipped. There's edging on it that you could do in a different color. So it's just a great way to pull together the yarns that you have and make a cozy little cardi to wrap yourself up in. And then the last inspiration project that we are going to suggest in this episode is the Swatchtastic from Tin Can Knits. It is bunting. 
It's a little triangular bunting you could do in all kinds of sizes and combinations of colors and it will just use up like knit what you got and when you're out, you're out. So cute. There's more use for bunting than I think I would have thought before it became an option in my life. Bunting's adorable. And if bunting isn't your thing, there are probably thousands of other hand-knit home decor options that you could use to stash bust and participate in the knit-along. Beekeeper quilt. Whew. <laughs> good luck. Right. It's a good thing we don't have to be finished because... <laughs> right. So let's quickly just zip through how our knit-alongs work so people have the ground rules and oh, some sure. start dates. So we kind of do quarterly knit-alongs. That's what this has turned into. To participate in a Make Good Podcast knit-along, you do not have to finish your project by the end of the knit-along. We have an end date because all things must end. <laughs> but you can knit for as long as you want to. To participate, but also to be eligible for our prize, which is a $150 gift card to Scratch Supply Co., you need to follow the Make Good Pod Instagram account and also the Scratch Supply Co. Instagram account. And when you post pictures of your project online, you need to use the knit along hashtag. For this knit along, since who knows what you're going to knit, the hashtag is one that we've already used before, and that is hashtag make good stash down, all one word. Please don't put a year after it because we're not looking at those. <laughs> I am also going to put up a blog post with the rules and the dates and all that kind of stuff. If you're not an Instagram user and you want to share your pictures, you can do that in the comments on that blog post. And that can be found if you go to makegoodpod.com and scroll down to the bottom of the page past all the episodes and stuff. It's just down there at the bottom of the page. So the knit-along officially begins, but really we'll never know if you start sooner, on <laughs> Sunday, January 23rd. And to kick off the stash down, we will be going live on Instagram at 4.15, and that's Eastern Standard Time, because that's where we are. Yeah, so we'll be there. Will we have projects picked? Who knows? <laughs> if you're wondering, how long do I have to knit my stash down project? The stash down goes until March 27th, which is also a Sunday. And perhaps we'll do another Instagram live because in our sock knit along, the sock hop, it was kind of fun. We went live and people could request to join and then showed us their socks. You can show us your stash down project. And that will be amazing. Okay, friends, that's a lot. We're a little messy, but so is stash busting. <laughs> So join us in the chaotic spirit of the new year. Hey, Karen, what's on your needles? Okay. I have hit a wall with my Gresham wrap. Oof. I did this really silly thing to myself because I had my Deliciosa pullover, which is like non-repeating cable pattern. You have to pay attention to the pattern the entire time you're knitting. And I was like, mm, I need something a little more mindless. I'm at like zero and 800 and I need to be somewhere. I need to have an option somewhere in the middle, you know? So I think I'm going to cast something new on. I may or may not wait till the 27th to do it, but I'm going to plan. That's exciting. What about you? What are you knitting? Oh, bless. Don't even ask me. It's <laughs> okay. Let me set the stage. January rolled around the project that I was knitting on deadline, which the deadline happened to be Scarlet going back to school. Mm-hmm was her Felix cardigan. I had to have that done by January 3rd for my emotional well-being. 
so I could send this child out into the world with a hand-knit sweater to protect them, right? Just for the record, that kid wore something else entirely on her first day back to school. (laughs) She totally did. She was like, oh, that's great. Thank you. And then didn't wear it. But I felt like if she had needed to wear it, it was ready for her. That's right. And you know what? It's good that she didn't need it. Good for her. (laughs) But anyways, I was done and I didn't have an active project on my needles. And I thought, hmm, I'm kind of flailing. I have nothing to do. Perhaps I will pull out that dress that I started knitting (laughs) in 2020. What year? 2019. Did I? Yep. Wow. And also, (laughs) y'all don't know how many versions of the phrase pull out are relevant to this. (laughs) So I uncovered this project bag and I've talked about the Lotta dress on and off over time here. This was the dress that I was planning to wear on our someday trip to Scotland that was on repeat postponed. But I thought I'm going to work on this some more. And I took it out and I looked at it and I looked at the pattern and I looked at the project. And then I just started wildly frogging it. This was like something I would do. There was almost no gap between, I think I might frog this, and then there's just a pile of yarn. Like it was impulsive, ripping out. And not my knitter nature. No. I'm not a frogger (laughs) of my own projects. So I just hand wound it back into balls, and I pulled out my copy of Shetland Trader 3 that I got at Rhinebeck and said, you know what? I bought this book because there was a dress in there that I want to knit. That's what I'm supposed to be knitting. So I am very very, very slowly knitting a bottom-up tunic (laughs) from this book. And it's going to take a while because if you've ever met me in person, I'm fairly tall. It's a lot of dress knitting. (laughs) It would be difficult, I think, for anyone to have selected a more tall (laughs) garment to have to make. (laughs) I feel like I can do this. It's taking me about 26 minutes a row right now. Uh It's a really good sign that you know that, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, I've been doing meeting knitting. So that happened. But there's more. I did some applying for test knits. And I do this every once in a while. I think I'm going to do a test knit if they'll have me. And then, like, no one ever picks me. (laughs) And that's fine. But, you know, I wait and see what looks interesting. And I throw my hat in the ring. And I did that with more than one project this time. And on the same day, I got accepted to both test knits. (laughs) Oh, this is exciting. So I'm in the process of test knitting the pure mesh pullover for James and Watts, which I am super excited about because I typically am A, not a mesh knitter, and B, not really a mesh wearer. But I am about to be both of those things. January Jessica is not a mesh wearer. February Jessica may be a mesh wearer. Yeah. I'm open to the possibilities. I do like fishnet stockings, so this is kind of like that for the rest of me. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm knitting that in the lollipop colorway, which is like this amazing fuchsia in the merino silk lace from Sweet Georgia. Very slippery on my size 11 needles and my lace weight yarn. (laughs) I'll show you some pictures. Yeah, you'll have to post some pictures of this. And then the other test (laughs) knit that I am engaged in is the great GR number eight, great gingham raglan from Jessie May. And I'm crazy in love with this thing. Knitting gingham is so much fun. It's so much fun. So that's happening too. I feel like you're trying to knit for both of us right now. 
Like, I'm Maybe just I kind am. of, <laughs> I'm just super stalled out. And Jessica's like, what if I do 17 projects? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm feeling a lot of like knitting energy right now. And I just have to let it out of me by constantly knitting. You know what I just realized? Even though it's a little bit jumping the gun, I think the fact that you are fully six feet tall gives you a little leeway on this one. Because you frogged your Lotta, Mm -hmm. your Highland Trader dress is a stash down project. Amazing. (laughs) Amazing. And you know what? For two of these projects, two of these three projects, my yarn was in my stash. Because I'm using the Wilder for my dress. Oh, yeah. And then my great gingham raglan, I'm using some Hudson and West Weld in Raven. And I'm using my spin cycle burning sensation. It's going to be kind of spoopy. It's like very black and gray and orange. Yeah. And that was for another project Mm -hmm. that I swatched for and then said, I'm not knitting this. (laughs) (laughs) So lots of stuff on our needles. And when I say our needles, I mean my needles. (laughs) Right. Mine are my emotional support needles. They come to sit with me. They're on your needles. Yeah. I feel like that's relatable, though. Hey, Jessica. Yes, Karen. Are you ready for a letter? I sure am. Let's do it. (laughs) The letter this week comes from Suzanne. Hi, Suzanne. I do a fair amount of charity knitting and recently purchased an Addy circular machine so I could crank out hats for folks who need them more quickly than I could ever knit them. Some of the acrylic yarn that I've been given does not work well in my machine. Any suggestions about easy ways to use this yarn up into helpful items for those in need of warmth this season? I both knit and crochet, if that helps. That's an excellent question. So I want to start my answer by saying that I personally have like zero experience with an Addy Circular machine. So without specifically knowing myself and without more information from you, I don't have a good idea of what about the acrylic yarn that you have isn't working with your machine to make the hat. If I can jump in. Of course you can. The Addy Circular machine is plastic. And I think it may have something to do with the slipperiness of the acrylic. It's plastic on plastic. It may be that it's slippery. Or it's sticky. One of those two would be my guess. Interesting. Thank you for your (laughs) contribution because I did not know. So that said, if it's not working well in your machine, but you specifically want to use this yarn to make things for donations to people who need warm accessories, I am going to suggest that you treat that yarn kind of like a stash down project. So if you have a bunch of worsted weight yarn to knit hats with, knitting a worsted weight hat isn't the most time-consuming project in the world, but it's also not super fast. Like you cast on a hat and three rows into it, you're like, why isn't this done yet? (laughs) I feel like it should be done. It's only a hat. It's not that big. The way to make that work faster is hold your strands together to make thicker yarn. Oh, sure. So if you've got worsted weight yarn, if you hold it double or triple, you could boop your way up to like a size 13 needle instead of a seven and create an extra thick, squishy, big hat that will keep people warm because it's going to be thick and will work up substantially faster, significantly faster than working a single strand of worsted weight yarn alone. 
So that's my suggestion. If you crochet hats too, you can do the same thing. Big chunky hook and just work up that yarn at a much heavier gauge. And you should be able to produce things not quite as fast as the crank machine, but fairly quickly. So you didn't mention what kind of charity knitting you're interested in doing, but you do say specifically like keeping people warm who need it. I'm going to guess that what you're talking about is donating to like your local homeless shelter or something along those lines, which is something I have some experience with because of some volunteer work that I do. I would suggest that as you're looking for ways to make the most functional, useful item that you can out of this acrylic yarn, something like mittens that could be layered over other gloves or a hat that could even be layered over another hat, because acrylic itself isn't necessarily the warmest, but it is pretty water resistant. Layering is key, especially in the winter. I think a lot of times people who live inside houses don't think about this. Like you get wet and you just don't get dry again. Like you need to be able to switch things out. It just sounds like it's a good idea to check in with the organizations that you're looking to do knitting for or crocheting and see what kinds of items they're accepting and what's most useful to them at any given time because it may change seasonally even. Though hats feel like they're often in high demand because everyone needs a warm head. Yeah, and it does definitely change. Like there was one year I remember we were just like begging for socks. The other thing is that you don't necessarily have to knit it to be able to donate it or crochet it. You don't have to work it yourself to be able to donate it. Sure. If you find that like you personally do not have the time to hand knit like on needles or crochet, it's just for whatever reason not going to work, but you also can't use it on the faster equipment that you have, like this is just not a good match for this particular point in time. Sometimes there are groups who are actively doing this kind of thing. Oftentimes at senior centers, if there's a knitting circle there, the people who are involved in that knitting group will do charity knitting. We have a continuing education program for adults in our community, and one of the classes you can take is charity knitting. So you may be able to find another outlet for getting that yarn turned into something, and then you can find materials that work better with the equipment that you have for the things that you want to produce. A lot of times hospitals do want projects specifically out of acrylic because they can be cleaned, like wildly cleaned, and they'll use them in the NICU, they'll use them in like the cancer center, that kind of thing. But a lot of times the hospital has specific programs that they are working with because they need to know that what's coming into those environments is clean, particularly right now because of COVID. They just know that these people are washing them before they drop them off, like whatever it is. So you could ask at the local hospital what that organization is or those organizations are for your area, and they might be able to point you in the right direction for that too. Thanks for doing kind things for people in your community, Suzanne. It's excellent. Every time somebody donates something that's handmade, it is like the most heartfelt, sweetest thing that you can do. That is so many individual stitches that are meant for the greater good. Thank you for doing this. I think that might be it for us this week. Is it ever enough, though? (laughs) So, if you don't already, you should totally subscribe to Make Good Podcasts because we just have fun with our knitting and with you every week. (laughs) Almost every week. Sometimes we fall down, but we get back up. So, if you haven't yet, subscribe. And wherever you subscribe, rate and review us because it'll help other knitters find us. Tell your friends. 
Tell your friends. We want them to be our friends, too. You can follow us on Instagram at MakeGoodPod. It would be a particularly good time to do that because we're about to be hosting a knit-along there. Make good stash down. Big thank you to our Patreon supporters. We love you. You're the best. We like showing you fun things when we have them to share. We share pictures there. We appreciate you. It helps us keep doing this every week without ever taking on advertisers. You can go to our website, makegoodpod.com. That's where all our show notes live. You can leave us a voicemail there, which is the best thing on earth. You can send us a contact message there. Or you could send us your Dear Scratch questions at dearscratch at scratchsupplyco.com. Yay, we did it. (laughs) Okay, love you guys. Talk to you next week. Bye.